to all Vienna alumni and friends. This is Sam and Julia Brewer welcoming you to Vent Lockdown Radio. Here we are, another episode of Vent Lockdown Radio. It's nice to have you with us. Okay, first things first. Have you got any jokes, Jules? Yes, I do. What was wrong with Simba's dad in The Lion King? What? He didn't move fast enough. <laughs> okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Lettuce. Lettuce who? Lettuce out is hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do mum and dad do this in this wardrobe every week? Do you like to say hello to all the young kids? Especially the Denison boys in Wellington. They love all the sound effects that mum and dad put on the show. So here are some more. show, Jules. Well, definitely Nathan. They always talk to Nathan. And definitely Liv. They always talk to Liv. So why don't we talk to Luke and find out about, about Baby Jude? Good idea. Hey, what's going on here? What are you guys up to? Hey! Nothing? What's happening in our walk-in wardrobe? <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky monkeys, off you go, off to bed. Yeah, come on, get out of here, scram. <laughs> well, the monkeys have well and truly taken over the zoo, Jules. I knew this would happen under level two. You give people just a little bit of freedom and they take it too far. Yes, although they were actually very accurate in predicting that we are going to be talking to Nathan today. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking to Liv today. Surprise, surprise. But we are also going to be talking to Luke. They yes. were correct on that. Yep. Getting a Jude update. Yes, and actually finding out a little bit more about the article that he wrote in last week's Common Ground on friendship. Yes, and there's a couple of things that are different about our interview with Luke this week. Firstly, I do it by myself because we're actually able to do it down at work earlier in the week. And secondly, I've actually had a longer chat to Luke and you can listen to the whole thing separately. We'll link to that, but I've cut it down for the Lockdown Radio. Mm, great. Actually, now that we've mentioned Lockdown Radio again, this will be the last week, but we call ourselves Lockdown Radio because we are coming out of lockdown. And so it's a little bit of changing brand. The association with the name, I don't think lockdown's a word that people are going to want to use in the future for anything because of what it has kind of associated, some of the associations with it. Although they haven't all been negative, of course. No, uh, I've, there's, a, to... there's a lot that I have enjoyed about lockdown, actually. So I, I think I'll look back on this time with some fond memories. So next time it will be called just Ven Radio or maybe Ven Ordinary Time Radio. That's that doesn't right, really have a great ring to it. But non-lockdown we'll, radio. We'll think of something. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're also chatting with Grace Bucknell who uh, did the fellowship two years ago and has been um, on quite an adventure over the last couple of months so it'll be interesting talking with her. And also Josh and Nikki Piafi, they're down in Wellington. Josh came to the last summer conference. Uh, they live in the hut and run a fascinating business uh, selling plants to people and they've been run off their feet during lockdown. 
And so that's been just really uh, been great to chat with them. All right, let's get into it. It'll be nice to chat with Nathan and see how things are going in the McClellan house. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Julia. How are you? Very well, thank you. I'm enjoying being able to actually see people. I had coffee with people today. It's nice. Yeah, I was out and about today as well, and it was wonderful just to catch up with a few friends and had some conversations. You do appreciate that being face-to-face is a little bit different to being on Zoom. Oh, so much better. (laughs) Even though we're doing this over Zoom. That's right. We we are still, even though we've seen you in the flesh since the last one of these. Hey, some of the things, though, that we are still having to do via distance are things that we were going to have as gatherings. That was things like some of the short courses that were coming up. But there is one available for our alumni via an online platform. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so we've got a short course with uh, the Reverend Dr. Murray Ray coming up in June. Uh, which is actually going to be focusing in on the resurrection of Jesus. So over four nights, Murray's going to be uh, doing some teaching around scripture for for the resurrection and then thinking about what that means for our lives. And there's going to be quite a strong theme of new creation. I spoke with him earlier today and I got excited as I was listening to him talk about what he's going to do and how he wants to really help people to land um, this idea of new creation in their lives. So if you haven't seen it already and you're an alumni, I would encourage you to look for that email and sign up. It's $50, pretty pretty value for money, if I'm honest. Um, See, I am making all things new. It's going to be a great course. Yeah, I need to get onto that, actually. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're hoping to actually chat to him on the radio in two weeks' time, uh, Nathan, just to um, have a chat to him a bit about that. And he was will have written a piece uh, for The Common Ground. So towards the end of this program, Liv's going to be telling us just a little bit about a piece that he's got coming up. Uh, so that's going to be great. Fantastic. One of the good things about um, being in Level 2 and and possibly even sort of better than that by by the time June comes around, um, but we is that we can actually gather together and, um, and, and do it in small groups in our homes, can't we? We can be watching him, but with some friends. That's right, and we're encouraging alumni to do that. We've also got the ability within Zoom to have breakout rooms. So even if people can't yeah. physically meet in Tenuanda, um, it will be the case that we can group people within Zoom into discussion groups as well. So I'd encourage people, um, maybe cohorts of fellows or yeah. um, maybe alumni who are friends to think about doing it together. Mm, it's a great idea. Look, speaking of great teaching, Nathan, I did catch your sermon for St. Paul's on the weekend, and uh, it was a really great challenge to us at a time where it would be easy to get caught up in the negativity and the scarcity uh, that is either present now as we sort of have experienced lockdown and other sort of deprivations and privations is the, um, the call, your challenge to us to keep generosity as a part of our lives so maybe just summarize some of the some of what you were getting at for us yeah i think as i've been reflecting on the what i think the second half of the year is going to look like and i think it is a big it's going to be a big challenge for us economically as a nation yeah 
I've been thinking about what does that look like for us as Christians to live well in that context. And I think one of the things I've been struck by as I've been reflecting on scripture throughout this time is that our God is a generous God. He's given us a good world. And more than that, he's given us himself and the son and the spirit. And as a, as a way of reflecting who God is, we are called to live generously and for that generosity to flow into concrete acts of giving. And I think that giving goes wider than just financial giving, although I think it includes that. It's the gift of our time, of our presence, of our, of our gifts and our talents. And in an environment where, you know, there, there is going to be economic hardship, I want to acknowledge that. I think there is a call for us as Christians, and I would want to say for us as a Venn community to live uh, generously. And in, in that generosity reflecting something of the character of the, the triune God, e- even though we do that imperfectly. Um, so one of, one of the things I encourage people to do over the weekend at the end of my sermon was really to reflect on two questions. First, how can you be generous at this time? What are some of the things that you can do? And to also reflect on what are the specific concrete acts of generosity that God is, is calling you to um, as, we, as we live in alert level two and beyond. Just, just one further thing to note is um, I spent time really drawing out the nature of the fact that God is generous and we're called to concrete acts of generosity by reflecting on 2 Corinthians 9. And it's a wonderful passage. Um, so if you've got some time, look at that. Mm, great. That's There's quite a different feel when you're sitting there talking about generosity um, in comparison to the fear and the anxiety and stuff that you feel in other places. So I, I love that idea and I love the challenge. Thanks for that, Nathan. And um, we will be chatting with you again in a fortnight's time. Thanks, Julia, and thanks, Sam. Take care. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Uh, we're getting positive feedback still about this. And uh, I think Lockdown Radio is just a way of continuing to hear wonderful stories across the Venn community and hopefully people are feeling encouraged as they hear those. So thank you for doing this for us guys. Level two is an improvement mate but our walk-in wardrobe hasn't got any bigger. I can (laughs) tell you that much. But maybe your marriage (laughs) has, eh? (laughs) Yeah, we'll get back to you on that. See ya. (laughs) See ya Nathan. Bye. Bye. As well as interviewing alumni from our vocational program and our residential program, it's also great to be able to chat to people who have been to our summer conferences. And so this week, we thought we would head down to Wellington and chat with Josh Peoafi and his wife, Nikki. Great to have you on the program, guys. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hi. Josh, you came to summer conference at the beginning of this year. What was it that um, attracted you to be coming and spending that time with us? I had heard about it from Michelle. Um, so I was supposed to come like a few years ago because um, I met Michelle on the Aspiring Leaders Forum. Oh, okay. And then she was talking up this conference, like this conference is so good. 
and all the stuff. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I better check it out. So I was gonna, I was gonna come, and then it never aligned with work or whatever it was. It never ever happened. Um, and then I just saw it pop up again, and then boom, it kind of all lined up. The only thing was I didn't have any leave, so I was like, I just told my work, I was like, hey, can I please go to this conference? It's kind of professional development. And then they were like, look, it's fine. Like, it sounds really good. Um, so it all all kind of fell into place, which was good. And Nikki, you were um, you had to stay in Wellington. You had had work back back home, so that's a that's a big thing to sort of send your you know your spouse off to something for a week. Yeah, no, it was a the longest week ever <laughs> but um it, it was great for josh he was um kept busy and um he definitely got a lot out of it so it was really cool to see him come back and have a lot to share um but yeah it was definitely very quiet around the house um trying to fill in the time not having anyone around we live in a really quiet area so it was even um more quiet without josh but it was Cool to see um, when he could text me what, what he was up to and where he was too. It was just an amazing place. And I'm trying to think of a way to say this, but you sort of stayed at home because you had some sort of hungry mouths to feed. Some plants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about your business, how how you got into the business that you do there and um, and maybe a little bit about how that has been uh, affected by, by lockdown, by COVID. Yeah, so um, Josh and I run Pot Plant Studio. Um, so we started this last year in April, and it really came about from um, when we were organising our wedding, um, and we were trying to find some plants to style our, our wedding, and we couldn't find any. There wasn't any online that we could just buy. Um, the places that hired were quite expensive, and you know, might as well buy our own. So. Um, that's where we found the niche was there's not really anywhere we can buy plants online. So mm. that's where we started it. Um, and we're seeing a few other companies pop up that are doing the same, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's quite interesting to see the market, how much it's growing. It's getting bigger and bigger and it, it's really cool to see our friends that were never interested in plants. They were just like, no, not for me. I'm never going to get a plant. Don't know why you love them so much. Now they're addicted. They love it. <laughs> they That's great. All the time. They just, yeah, love talking about it. So, um, yeah, we thought the market would possibly go down, but it's definitely going up. And so so it's gone up during lockdown? So in lockdown, um, it's, it's got, it's just, yeah, bloomed so much since. Uh, another oh, plant. Another one. Here we go. This is so great. I'm loving this. <laughs> we've never ever been this busy ever before um yeah so lockdown is proven to be the time for us where we've actually had to you know think super quickly um and basically rushed off our feet so level four we were selling but we couldn't send anything obviously um so people were just buying i think there was a point where we had sold out of literally everything on the website and we were like what can we find what can we find in the garden <laughs> <laughs> um and then as we moved down we've slowly been able to you know do contactless pickups um and now we're sending stuff out we did wait a little bit because of the backlog with with live plants you don't want them sitting in a depot for you know yes, yes. four 
plus day. So we did wait a little bit, but um, this has been the busiest time, the mm. most stressful time, <laughs> but also we're very thankful so for the fun. business. Yeah, it's been really cool seeing um, a lot of our customers when they come and pick up the plants because that's not something we've done before. We've yes, always yeah. them out on the courier um, or drop them off, but we have been taking the load off the local couriers in Wellington and delivering them ourselves and dropping them at the door. So that's, we've got a system now. We, we've um, got the Google Maps on and we know where we're going. Um, but yeah, it's just been, it's just been crazy. I know that the couriers are just working 24 seven. Um, we made them cookies. We, uh, we um, made cookies and tied them, <laughs> tied them in a little paper, you know, oh, baking paper and, and left them because they've just been, they've been so busy like you know delivering stuff um we just thought we'd give them a little treat oh that's so, that's good. so great as we were saying before we um started recording we, we we need to ask you guys if you have got any plants that can handle the kind of inattention that they would get in our house yes we do we sell plants that um you know we call them thriving on on neglect <laughs> great <We sell> <laughs> sometimes, Sold. You, know, you can overwater so sometimes people that's how they show their plants love. They do too much water. So we have plants yeah. that, you know, will love being overwatered. But yeah. usually we try and talk to our customers and kind of see which plant fits them best. Yeah, because um, yeah, sometimes your style with plants isn't necessarily going to be the plant that you like. like there, should the be, there should be some kind of personality match. Like, are you an ENFP? Then you <laughs> should buy this plant. Or, yeah. Yes. Hey, where, whereabouts did you store them all? Do you have, um, do you have like a storage location for, like, where, where was everything happening during lockdown? Well, I did have an art shed. Um, <laughs> And I say did because now it's not an art shed, it's a plant shed. And I we used to have a dining table and we used to have a spare room. And we used to have a bathroom. A bathroom. No way. And we used to have a lounge. I'm just no, I should send you some photos. One day we were gonna to have to eat dinner in the hallway because it was just it was just everywhere. Like there's nowhere where there's not a plant. So sleep in the kitchen. That's awesome. So you you're basically living in a forest. Yeah. yeah. Love it. We take care of them. <laughs> hey Josh, you also do work with Young Enterprise. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yep. So um basically Young Enterprise is a year-long program where they create a business. Um it's kind of like Dragon's Den, but yeah, it's not we're not as mean to them as they would be on Shark Tank or something. Basically they <laughs> they um pitch they have to pitch they have to kind of come up with new ideas um think outside the box um and at the end of the year they have a fully functioning business so our young people have had to what we call pivot um quite a lot during lockdown so it's been quite nice to you know still stay connected with my young people and, and zoom in with them and just check up on how their team is going and stuff like that but um, that's been and, quite busy as well. And, and these guys are young too. Like they're not, you know, they're not in their twenties. They're they're, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yep. So the year eleven, um, they can be year eleven, twelve, or thirteen. Um, and then we do programs for the youngest would be like maybe intermediate. Um, and then we do anything up to year thirteen. So. Wow. Um, okay. And do you run these programs through schools? 
Yep. So we run, we go into schools and they either doing business, um, business studies, or they're doing some form of accounting, or um, they might be doing. Um, sometimes they even do it attached to maths, but they do it alongside that class, and then we go in and kind of take the program, but the teacher does the accreditation. Yeah, that's and, cool. And Josh, last year you ran for local council for Hutt Valley. Yes, I ran for Hutt City Council. Um, I, I wasn't successful, but the learnings were a win. So that's my current tagline that I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to run with. Um, not a sore loser. Participation just, award. Uh, yeah, participation <laughs> award. I'll take that. Um, but, but again, some some pretty important messages that you were able to share with people from, from the community there. Yes, yeah. Um, so there was, I, I ran more of a kind of a, just to be a message to people that you can run, doesn't matter where you're from or what you look like or what kind of cultural background you you come from. Um, yeah, I did some research and I found out that there was no one ever elected um, in the history of time um, that was from Tongan descent in Hutt City Council. So that's like a, a just a standard fact. And then there's only been ever one elected Pacifica person. Um, wow. And there still has not been, since he kind of isn't in there anymore, there's still isn't a Pacifica person um, elected into Hutt City so that's it was kind of shocking so that's why I ran just to kind of give people the platform to be like oh look he can run and he's yeah. from somewhere where we look like this um, and that's despite you were you were telling us just the the percentage that would identify as Pacifica in in the valley like 30 percent Oh, there's more than 30%. So there'd be, um, there's pockets. So the northeast of the Hutt Valley is predominantly Māori and Pacific um, island populations. And then we've got Wainui, which is heavily uh, Pacifica populated. But then the reflection of that in the city, um, then cross over to the city councillors that are currently elected. There's no one that's representing those people. So there is a bit of a disconnect with who's elected and, and then who they're representing. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, this has been a little bit of an introduction to Josh and Nikki. We've talked about young enterprise. We've talked about plants. We've talked about living in the woods, <laughs> summer <laughs> conference, uh, running for council. You guys are living a busy life. Thank you so much for fitting us in and chatting with us. That's okay. Thanks for interviewing. Yeah, yeah, great. Been great fun, guys. Bless you. See ya. Good night, little houseplant. Asleep on the sill I'll shut the shades So you don't catch a chill And tomorrow in the morning For breakfast we too Will have ham and eggs for me And nitrogen for you As we introduced the program, we did say that the levels of lockdown have been decreasing and in fact this will be the final week. We refer to ourselves as Venn Lockdown Radio. Uh, one of the advantages of that is being able to have for the first time ever an interview that's not via Zoom but is actually live. So Luke Fennick, the, our first ever live guest, great to have you on. Hope you feel the privilege of that of course. It's a tremendous privilege. <laughs> You must be glad you're not doing it in the Bloor's walk-in wardrobe as well. We're down at work. <laughs> you 
no comment, he says. Yeah, no comment. Um, the downside is that Jules hasn't been able to join us. Uh, she's moved out of lockdown level three too, and so uh, school trips have started up again and kindy runs. So, yeah, she's racing around town following our three kids. So um, she would have loved to have been here. And she had me absolutely promise that my first question wouldn't be, about your article in Common Ground or friendship or the theology of that, which she said, you can get to that in plenty of time. Ask about Jude. How are things going at home? <laughs> Jude's doing really well. Um, and I think Liv would say she's doing well as well. Great. Um, yeah, um, he's been an absolute delight. Yeah, awesome. And has been sleeping pretty well. Uh, yep. He's been keeping us up a little bit. Uh, last night was, I think, the best night for some time. Uh, he woke at three in the morning and then woke at seven in the morning. So we got some oh, good mate. chunks. Yeah, you take those um, ones to the bank, don't so you? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bank so a bit of sleep. He certainly wasn't promising too much by <laughs> by that um, sleep pattern, but um, yeah. we, we certainly um, appreciated that. I couldn't believe it. I woke up at seven and um, looked at Liv, and she said, "Oh, he only woke up at three o'clock last night," and I was like. <laughs> awesome so just wonderful that that, yeah, that we were both yeah. able to sort of catch our breath the, yeah. the night beforehand was a, a bit of a scary one. Oh mate <laughs> yeah I know one of the things that we've talked about that we miss the most is bath time mm. with kids that little you know um, and we we obviously we had little baths like everyone did but every now and again just for the novelty or because you know something was being you do them in the laundry basin or something like that has it been fun doing that little sort of times holding the little wriggler in the bath? Absolutely um yeah he loves the bath um just the just the little expressions of joy as you're rubbing his head and massaging the shampoo and uh, something very special actually i think both Liv and i fight over the opportunity to um to bathe him and in fact so both of us do it so it's a family activity that's cool Um, that's cool and so he's just yeah he, he seems to be doing well. He, he's certainly not a, a shrieker or a crier when we lower him into the water. And he just sort of, little legs start going. They start it. going and just the <laughs> sensation. It's, yeah. it's something else that approximates the womb, I suspect. Luke, you mentioned joy and uh, Jude's joy in the mm. bath. And mm. so this is probably a nice segue into the, the great <clears throat> article you wrote for Common Ground, this uh, this rich, rich piece on friendship. If you're listening and you didn't have a chance to read that from the last uh, edition of Common Ground that came out, I really encourage you to go back and have a, a read of that. Luke, one of the things you're doing there, you're expanding on this rich notion of, of friendship. One of the things that the observations you make along the way is just how some of these words like friendship, like joy, a bunch of their meaning has been evacuated or they're being used and deployed in ways that were just never their their original intent. Mm. Tell us a little bit about about that, expand on that a little bit mm. in the way that you do in the article. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um one of the one of the thoughts and one of the key thoughts i think is that there's a there's a whole range of words and concepts in the first half of john chapter 15 that are very big words um words that i think we all like more or less but which are often used in a range of different ways and are used in ways that perhaps stretch their meaning a little bit or even evacuate them of meaning so we're talking about words like friendship uh, abiding love obedience, joy, prayer. 
Right, um, yes. These are pretty big words, and they seem to sit pretty close to the heart of the Christian life. Um, and so, in, my, in some ways, the article is a bit of an exercise in um, recovering some of what those words mean and their relationships to each other in the context of John chapter 15. Yes, yes. I mean, people will have had their own understandings or have read um, articles lamenting even what things like social media have yeah. done to the word friend, for example. Mm. And I don't want mm. to you know, mm. choose a mm. pithy little example of yeah. that. But, you know, so-and-so is now my friend. I've now mm. defriended so-and-so. Mm. Uh, I suspect that's a long way away mm. from John 15. Mm. T- totally. I mean, we had... My, my sister does a... A game, I suppose you could call it, with um, my mum's side of the family every uh, every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get together with mum's side of the family every Christmas, and there's a lot of hand wringing about engaging in this game. But the thing is, as soon as everyone gets into the game, they love it. <laughs> um, so one of the questions it's a it's basically a quiz. One of the questions this year is amongst people in the family, who's got the most friends on Facebook? Um, and um, a whole range of different answers. Yes. Um, and it turns out my cousin was the correct answer. Um, but in fact, when I heard how many friends she had, I actually said, well, actually, I've got more friends. I've, I've got almost 800 friends on Facebook. Um, so that can't be the correct answer, can it? <laughs> um, and, and And sort of... I went through and looked at all these friends and some of them I'd just met once um, on a street in London at a pub, you know, um, or had been part of the same university class. In some ways, it's a um, it's a it's a proxy for how many people you meet um, just in in a lifetime. Absolutely. Um, And so it's fair to say um, uh, those aren't constant relationships. And I think one of the one of the things that trying to say about friendship is that um, when we when we really um, call somebody friend we're actually sharing something with them and we're promising them um, a, a future and we're committing to them and and something more than simply accepting a friendship request right um, yes. and then interacting with that person in the range of ways that one can do so in an internet application for instance yes. to actually friendship in the Johannine sense in the sense of John's gospel was something a bit more I would say profound than that yeah yeah uh, one of the observations we've made even doing this with the you know Venn lockdown radio that we've been doing this is a way of um, maintaining and uh, augmenting uh, a connection to the alumni community mm. that that we we hope and pray already exists we're not trying to create something ex nihilo through this medium Mm. and I guess you would probably be a little skeptical of one's ability to grow a friendship ex nihilo or from that one-off pub encounter over a medium like this absolutely definitely one thinker um talks about this actually in 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 a chapter on friendship where he says um that one of the tragedies of friendship is when we no longer see a future um, for a friendship, when a friendship is actually just stuck in the past, right? And we keep returning to the past, yes. Um, it, and and um, 
and 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 that's all it is it's it's simply a returning back to the way that things were there's no actual ongoing vibrant and dynamic relationship um and there's there's nothing that's necessarily being promised it's just an exercise and memory as good as memory is yes um and as rich as some of those relationships um often are and have been that actually friendship is an active thing it's a dynamic thing it's an interplay of freedoms thanks luke i've i've had to edit some of this so we're bringing this lockdown radio chat to a close but if you want to hear a little more people can uh, can go and hear more about it um, on the uh, on the link thanks heaps for coming on it's great to be on thanks mate see ya I grew up in the church and loved my childhood and teenage years, but when I hit uni, I started asking some bigger questions. At about 20, I attended a conference that really opened my eyes to the depth and breadth of what it meant to be a person of faith. It was at that conference that I met Jules. She's like an older version of me, so now I always call her when I want to process things of faith, vocation, and boys. I kind of get her advice, but I'm pretty sure she learns a few things from me too. It's true. A few people commented on how they loved to eavesdrop on our conversations. So like a true millennial, I decided to make a podcast documenting my journey about what it means to be a woman of faith in the 21st century. I'm Grace Bucknell, and this is neither Mary nor Martha. Well, it's not every day that our guests introduce themselves, but of course this one could. Grace Bucknell. How many times, Grace, have you had said to you, you've got a great voice for radio? Oh, more times. I know I've said it at least 8 million, so it must be north of that. Yeah, and I think being around people like you and Jules makes it more because people that know radio just hear it and just and that's what they think instantly yes <laughs> but yes, i have heard it many many times that's better than being told that you've got a face for radio yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> um look i've taken that intro of course from you the podcast that you two have done together but could we please leave the shameless self-promotion <laughs> to the end and we can talk about the podcast <laughs> Just then. for the Is record, right? I had no idea that he was playing that. So, or that we were even going to talk about the podcast. No, no, I was under the impression that this was just all about the podcast. It was like a <laughs> live One podcast big sort of situation happening promo. here. Okay. One big <laughs> we'll ad. Grace, you did the fellowship a couple of years ago. Tell us what you've been doing since then. Yeah, so I did it in uh, 2017-2018, and I did my placement um, with Christian Broadcasting Association, and after that, I started working at CBA, which has which was really cool, and I learned so much through doing that, and kind of was just dropped into the world of broadcasting and radio and media, um, and did a lot of cool projects actually just found out recently that um the kids show that i wrote and produced um and eden actually starred in yeah got a um, award at the new york radio awards this year which is really exciting so i got to be part of some really cool projects and that's so um, cool yeah it was it was really cool it was cool to get that award as well and so i finished up at cba um in early march this year and you'd been working part-time at Green Lane for some of that oh, as well? Oh, yes. 
yeah, yeah. And I'd also been doing um, curating the night service for uh, Green Lane Christian Centre, which was really cool and kind of working with the young adult community there and creating spaces that kind of integrated worship and teaching and reflective spaces as well and kind of building up the uh, a, a team to run the young adults ministry um, at Green Lane, which has been a really cool experience and what I, it was cool to be able to have because I think that's what I'm really passionate about so it was cool to be able to do that on the side do that alongside the work at CBA with the communication which is another one of my passions mm. that's cool so you wrapped all of those um jobs up and headed over to the UK which is where your boyfriend was and yeah. that was kind of early March yeah so I I finished up and I had kind of been ramping up to do the big OE um, and work over in London. I had my visa sorted and I have never traveled or anything before. And I've got lots of family all through the UK, which I was going to meet for the first time. Um, and then Ben, my boyfriend, was doing uh, his master's over in London as well. So finished up, shut up shop everywhere at everything in Auckland. And um, then COVID started to kind of pick up a little bit and it, it looked like borders were shutting. Um, so I moved my flight. It, seemed, it actually seems ridiculous saying it now because when I think about it now, I'm like, why did I think I, that this would ever work? But I was like, I'll just move my flight so that I can get into the UK and, and then, then I'll stay be fine. there. And then you'll be there. Yeah, and then I'll, yeah. just, and I'll just, you know, hunker down until, until it all passes over. So but from what you knew at that point, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So and I in a flurry I left the country and everyone was like, Yes, great idea, go. Like get out while you can. You've got everything packed, you're you're planned, you're ready to go. I'd left my job, I'd left my flat, I'd sold my car, like all of that. So I flew over, um, arrived in London and every day was a series of decisions and pretty stressful. And um, Ben and I ended up in Wales with uh, one of his friend's families because everyone was leaving London because everything was locked down there. And then a week after I arrived in London, New Zealand went to level four. And then a day after um, the UK went into lockdown as well, albeit very confusingly and <laughs> with not a lot of structure and support. And we just realized that we were quite alone. And um, then the High Commissioner in London said, put out a message saying, if you want to go back to New Zealand, you need to do it before this date because most commercial flights will be stopping. Mm. Um, so it became pretty, like it became that it, we wouldn't be able to get home if we didn't get home like if we didn't leave right now sort of thing. So we ummed and ahed and it was, yeah, it was a pretty hard decision to make because I'd just arrived. And then two weeks later, we were jumping on a flight to go back, um, flying into lockdown level four, the airport completely empty. We were the only ones there, escorted through in groups of 15 by police and customs officers. And then our temperature taken and then escorted to the next group of policemen and then sent on our way for two weeks quarantine. So mm. it was quite a whirlwind. Um, it has been quite a whirlwind couple of months as it has been for everyone, but kind of flown across the world and back in the middle of a pandemic 
and come out kind of unscathed. <laughs> yeah, a lot to process though, eh? That's a lot of a lot of dreams and a lot of planning that you guys had done um just destroyed in a moment. And also you've come back to well you you don't have a job, you don't know, you know, all your plans were over there. So I'm sure there's been a lot of emotion to process with all of this. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty up and down and definitely like going through the various stages of grief. Like when we when we came, decided to come back to New Zealand, I was like, we're only coming back if you promise me we're going back to London as soon as possible. <laughs> and with each day going, actually, that is not a good idea. And it doesn't look like going back to London is a possibility anytime soon. Mm. And then going, just kind of being angry and confused and upset and just feeling like, yeah, it, like you say, like a whole lot of dreams and plans just gone in an instant and now kind of back to square one. Is yeah. quite a lot to take in. Mm. And so to go back to the podcast, Grace, you'd recorded all of that before you left. And I know you and Josh Couch had worked on them, edited them together, added some music to them, and you were uploading those kind of weekly just before you left. Yes. Yeah, it was it was quite like Jules and I were quite ambitious because we'd we'd talked about the podcast for so long and each time we tried to go and record one, we'd sit there for hours just kind of Talking. chatting about it <laughs> we probably should have just recorded record pushed recorded our conversation button. yeah um but i think it, it ended up paying off because all of that conversation then informed when we came to record so we ended up recording all of the episodes um in one day which i don't know if you're supposed to say that is that like giving away your secrets <laughs> no, i don't know done. it's done now <laughs> it doesn't really matter um yeah, we recorded them all and then I had them all, because I was like, I'm going to be in London. I'm going to be traipsing around. I'm not going to have time to be uploading podcasts. So I got them all edited. My brother, um, he composed this, the music for the intro and outro, awesome. um, which was really cool. And then I like uploaded them all and scheduled them all to just go out every week um, so that it was just out of my hands. But it was cool because I think, having had now a lot more time, I feel like we've been out, well, I know that I've been able to pour more time into thinking about it and uh, kind of fleshing out more of the ideas around it and trying to push it out into all my different circles of friends and connections and try and spread the word as much as possible. So that's worked out quite well, having the time to focus on it a bit more. Yeah, and look, there's been some pickup of it hasn't there people have sort of shared it they've um listened to it there's been some really good feedback i know you've heard some specific stories from people so tell us a little bit about what it is and why people are reacting that way so um it's a podcast that is kind of asking questions of faith uh and sort of what it is to be a woman of faith in the 21st century um and i think well that's sort of that's sort of how it started out but it sort of morphed a bit and I wouldn't say it's specifically all just women related I think any anyone will relate to the topics that we um, chat about but it came from a place of realizing that uh, when I was younger I felt a lack in the kind of content that was out there and then when I was when I started kind of growing up and leading other younger girls they were asking me all these questions that I didn't have the answers to and just sort of wanting to kind of open up a conversation about the big questions and 
what does it look like to to form a life um, that is wanting to become more like Jesus. And because Jules and I are 15 years apart, it was sort of like me asking Jules, um, what have you learned over, over your life so far? And kind of us sort of back and forth having that conversation. And it's been amazing that it's really been filling a gap for people. And I think you can get, I can get quite a, just stuck in your own head when you're making something like this and you're like I don't know like are these ideas fresh is this going to resonate with anybody and then people getting feedback that it's like it's new information for a lot of people it's it's old information for a lot of people too but in a fresh way with new analogies and kind of new perspectives so it's been cool to see that people are really really getting a lot out of it I had a friend send me a picture of um, all the notes she'd taken in her journal from listening to one of the episodes, which was just like so encouraging because that's what I do yeah. when I sit down and listen to podcasts. So it's been really cool. Great. Well, <laughs> I'm sitting here silently because of the whole self-promotion thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't but, mind self-promotion. No, no, but you're, you're the one being interviewed right now. And so that's perfectly oh. fine. We're interviewing you about this podcast that you and this other woman this did. This other cool lady <laughs> did with me. <laughs> hey, Grace, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us tonight. It's been really good to catch up with you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. And here we are, almost at the end of the show, but before we leave you to it, we're going to chat with Liv. Hey, Liv, how are you going? Hey, Jules. How's, hey, Sam. How are you guys? Yeah, we're well, thank we're you. Good, we're good. <laughs> you, you've made use of, you know, moving down to level two to shoot on down to Tauranga and catch up with the family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've got some, my parents are down here and I also have two sets of siblings here as well with their families. Um so that's uh, there's about five nieces and nephews down here, and one one of them is ten weeks old. So oh. I haven't really seen much of her in lockdown. No. Um, yeah, she's definitely. It's quite funny because she her whole life she's only known her like parents and her two siblings. <laughs> and yeah. so we're and, all very and, frightening. And COVID nineteen, Liv. Don't forget COVID nineteen. <laughs> I don't know if her awareness extends to <laughs> extends <laughs> the virus. <laughs> Oh, wow. And you've had a haircut. I have had a haircut. It was a, um, a lot, another lockdown freedom that I enjoyed, but I was a little bit surprised at how short it came out. But you know what? Yeah. I'm just which, embracing which, it. Which prompted me to ask you earlier, did Lucy Collingwood cut your hair? <laughs> if, she was, if she was masked and wigged, it might very well have been Lucy. <laughs> Are they all masked? Wow. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. They they weren't they weren't masked, which is good. I think in Tauranga they're all a little bit tired of any lockdown because everyone keeps telling me that there's been no COVID cases in Tauranga. So why should they be locked up? So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're ready to embrace their freedom. And so, Liv, we've been having this alternating pattern of the radio one Saturday and then Common Ground. Uh, this will be the last time we refer to this as Lockdown Radio. A uh, whole new name coming next time. We're on in a fortnight's time. But tell us what is coming up next week in Common Ground. Yeah, well, we have uh, n not next Saturday, but next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. So we decided to curate um, the entire edition around that, that celebration, that feast. So we've got uh, Professor Murray Ray, who is going to be writing our framing piece. 
And he'll just be introducing Pentecost Sunday, some of the history behind it, why it's so significant in the life of the church. He's a, um, he's ordained into the Presbyterian church. And so he's got a bit of a history and a bit of knowledge as to how the church celebrates us. Have you um, taken any of his classes? I have. I have. I took a paper with him uh, two years ago called The Person and Work of Christ. Um, and he's a great teacher. He was awesome. I actually did it over video conference because oh, I'm a good. distance learner. Um, and he's, yeah, he's really engaging. He's, uh, he knows his content very well. Um, but he also has a really, a real softness in the way that he teaches, um, mm. which is, is really wonderful in the theology classroom. Um, we also have uh, three of our staff members, John Dennison, Donald Goodhall, and Melody Cooper, who will be who are collaborating and creating a creative offering for Pentecost Sunday as well. So um, okay, that'll be great. I, it will be very cool. Um, they're very talented, very creative people. So you can expect um, some audio, some poetry, um, some photography, and I think they're going to do a really beautiful job of it. So I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. Nice. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And Nathan is also planning to write a piece on the Ascension. So once again, oh, wow. it's going to be a rich edition. Yeah, it is. That's sounding great. Well, thanks, Liv. Enjoy Tauranga and enjoy hanging out with the family. And we will hopefully see you in person again soon. You sure will. Thank you, guys. Talk see to you ya. later. See ya. Bye. Hey, well, that's our show. It is, yet again. Have a great couple of weeks, guys, and we will be back again in a fortnight. See you later, guys. Bye.